Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about. It looks like you're looking at me, so I guess you're asking me. We're talking about wealth in RPGs. I thought you said currency. Currency, wealth, how it's handled in RPGs, in different RPGs, because every RPG handles it. Handled, uh, handles it a bit differently. So the venerable old game of D&D deals in gold pieces. Yes, which is pretty cool. Well, it's normal for us people, right? Because that's what we use to pay, with st- pay for stuff. Gold pieces? Only if we have them. <laughs> Probably more like paper money. I think... Uh... <laughs> I we think used to. D and D. Well, D and D is is probably like the standard of how. What is it? How RPGs deal with currency? They just throw stuff out there. This costs this much, and then don't really worry about how that ma- used to match with their treasure tables. Because in original D and D, when we played that, it would have these treasure tables. It would have these costs of stuff like. I don't remember a cost list in in the in original D and D, but they certainly had a cost table in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, where they had a, a you know how much a sword costs or this cost. Well, when you make your character, they they give you a certain amount of money to spend on your on your build, right? You spend points and you you get money like fifty gold pieces. Well, the, I don't oh, think they give you fifty gold pieces. They give you money to buy. Your equipment, right? Right. In the original, or not original, I always think about original D&D, but I didn't play original D&D very long because we got the advanced player's book a bit after we started playing. <laughs> <laughs> and so so I get a little bit, I, I kind of mesh original D&D and AD&D together into this. I'm sure you do that with a thing. lot of things. But I didn't play second edition, so we, I, I have a clear delineation between AD&D and third edition which was you know a good i don't know how many years difference sorry i'm having issues with my microphone getting it comfortable <laughs> um <laughs> so i think that the original D monetary system or gold system gold standard gold system standard is probably a lot like uh what you would consider medieval kind of currency although mostly in in medieval times only rich people had currency and they really didn't use it you really traded in in goods and and services right border border system system. yes and i think uh when we look at at currency and i I think you got well one thing we got to remember is that ad and d or d and d was looking at a fantastical medieval system right yes and to go as in it didn't exist the idea of of castles and, and dragons is in our history and in as far as writing is concerned so that's where that comes from but then when you try to make a role-playing game based on that idea not really historical accuracy what is it you don't have to deal with reality so you just throw out this monetary system okay so when you're talking about D monetary system I don't think Gary Gag- Gagax or David Arson really thought about economically how it would impact the game, blah, blah, blah. Because when, I, when we were playing by the rules and had rolled on the tables for treasure, <laughs> we had to get wagons to hold our stuff. Yeah, 
I, I don't think so. I, th- I think because they were they came from war gaming, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they definitely play war games. I mean, when you when you're in the army or part of the empire or whatever, <clears throat> I meant Roman Empire when I say that, not Star Wars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was confused. The the army provides for you as you're going, <laughs> so you don't have to worry too much about money. Although, if you get stuck in 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 Gaul, then you know you might have to rouse the citizens to get your money and stuff. Rouse the citizens. You're right, and I think it's funny because I just remember, I just remember rolling into towns with these wagons full of magical stuff because you know the plus one sword just was a thing you didn't need, but you don't nobody could buy it because nobody had enough money to buy it because it was worth ten thousand gold. But we had thousands upon thousands of gold pieces and silver pieces. And How I did you carry all those thousands of gold pieces? We had wagons. I and find then, it interesting because you're very curmudgeonly, and I don't know if that's a real world. You're very uh, an old, old school kind of guy when it comes to the boys saying, I want to get this magic item, or I want to buy this, or they go to the table and they be- show you what it is. Because of and And you're always going, well... You're like it's like it like it's tears painful. a piece of your soul out to let them have that. Yeah, yeah, item. because I have that mind of re- that reference in my history where I thought it was just it was silly, not silly, but it's silly to think of it now. But that I had the wagons. We all had a wagon of stuff. <laughs> you we were so very slow adventurers. <laughs> well, we, we, and then it was weird because like, well, who's gonna look after the wagon? So we had a hirelings and stuff like that. <laughs> And like you know, hirelings just all they will do is watch the horses and stuff. They're not gonna protect anything. If anything comes by, they're just gonna run away. Well, then we had to hire like guards, guards which were like henchmen. There's hirelings and henchmen, which are almost the same thing. But I I think my brother had made a delineation between hirelings being people who just who aren't fighters who just they drive the wagon and they take care of the horses. Then there's the hirelings that are like hired mercenaries, but they're really low level. And if you're like seventh and eighth level and you're encountering stuff of that nature. I can just imagine that that really bothered Felipe that you guys were driving around with cars. He didn't, he didn't see it. Well, it was, then that happens, right? We would have this humongous list. There was a whole page of stuff we had, right? Because we just had it. We'd go, oh, okay. And we had this running tally of how much gold and silver we had. I don't think we even dealt in copper. Like, what, why do we even want to bother with copper? And then when we integrated into or shifted to AD&D, it was like I played a paladin, and a paladin cannot carry, he cannot have more gold or riches more than he can carry on his person or on his horse. Uh Uh-huh. So being They adjusted it. No. I don't know. I don't remember. But we were still, it was still very... No, I mean, they adjusted the... The numbers? The system because they realized people were driving around with... With cart. No, that cart was just a paladin had that strict rule because he was a warrior of God or something, or he was whatever he was supposed to be he was like spiritual in some way. Well, no, I don't know. He has his oath of not being totally rich. So I devised an idea. I go, well, I can't carry ten thousand gold because my horse would collapse. <laughs> right? It's like a hundred pounds, I guess. I, I think it comes out to. Oh, you could carry it on the horse, but then you couldn't ride the horse. Right. So that's no good. 
So what I did was, and I think a lot of gamers did this, they converted all their gold to gems. Yes, because gems are, are clicky, but they go into a pouch pretty easily. Yeah, and it could be humongously, uh, uh, what is it, expensive. <clears throat> yes. They could be worth a lot of gold pieces. So that's what we did. That's what I did. And I think, and I think that was fun for us, and I, we could buy anything we wanted. I mean, to a point where we were like, we were like the super rich right now, like, oh, We'll fly first class. We don't even worry about how much it costs, or, or we, we buy stuff because we just like it. Not we don't even look at the price. In fact, you know I don't know. Supposedly at like Beverly Hills, they don't even have prices on stuff. Or Rodeo Drive, right? They don't have prices. If you have to ask, you can't afford it, kind of thing. So <laughs> you're gonna... uh, you're, I'm incredulous on that one. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sure I've heard that. I don't know if it's true. Uh, I have a totally different experience with. Oh, you've been with the other. No, <laughs> I have a totally different experience with my friends, who are super rich. Uh, okay, so that's not what I was going to say. Know. So I, I have some notes down here, and I said the ultimate thing is that the D and D system I don't think tries to be realistic. Right. right. Well, it's a fa- it's a fantastical. Game. Right. If they wanted to be realistic, they would go with more of a. And because Saul told me about this topic, I was thinking about it and. If you think about itinerant kingships, which I'm sure everybody does. Oh, yeah. It's at the top of the list. <laughs> okay. First, you have to uh, define the term because some people so may not the, know what itinerant kingship is. In the Dark Ages and early Middle Ages. Which is what period for some people who don't know what that is. using my, my fingers as quotes, quotes there. Yeah. Between 500 and probably 1100. So for a long period of time. For a long period of time. The German kings... Were itinerant, which means which means they went from homeless? place to place. No, they had a, a palace. Of, okay. Or, well, they may not have, that, but they went from place to place, and they uh, they established lords throughout the lands, right? Okay. Church churches with the bishops, right? And or whatever kind of person you want to call him, it was probably a bishop. They also had actual lords who owed them stuff. So what they did is they they gave these people the land to to protect, and I'm using air quotes again. Sorry, you can't see me. Yes, no, works well. And in then podcast, they were but... itinerant. So they what they did was they went around their land throughout the year to make sure that you know everybody was not gonna there weren't gonna be any uprisings and to settle disputes and to make sure when they were gonna go to war that all the people gave them the amount of soldiers they needed. So that's a different kind of economy, right? That's the actual medieval economy. The idea that you're bartering or you're you're doing different things. So when the king comes, well, one of the ways that you take care of them is you feed them and their whole retinue of people, their right. soldiers, and their whole court comes with them. Huh. So that was the way that the king took... Saul's eyes are glazing over. No, no, no. That totally. was the way that the king made sure that his nobles didn't get too rich and also that he had power over them. And he was reminding them as he went along that he was still there, right? That they're the reason why they, he's the reason why they're holding this land and becoming rich and, and powerful. Right. But uh, at the same time, instead of taxes, and he might have actually asked for taxes, not necessarily monetary taxes, but soldiers and food and all that kind of stuff to go Goods, with him when he needed to fight. Yeah. Yes. So that was more of the kind of economy there was and there, there were at that time is more of a barter economy. So you went to the market people they there there was obviously money around because the romans had been there right right they, of course so they there had, were coins they, yes, and stuff yes so but mostly probably the church and um maybe 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to say there weren't a lot of coins at that particular time period because they may not have been minting them at so that So when time did the period. Romans retreat out of that area? I mean, I, I, the, the reason... Ro- that- the Romans didn't retreat out of the area. <laughs> <laughs> the... Arlick, I think his name was Arlick. Arlick, Arlick. He came in and he sacked Rome in 410, I believe it was. Oh, that's and true. That's right. After that, basically they were cut off. The people in the provinces, Gaul and and Britain, was, even, right? Yeah, all the way from Germany, uh, from Italy to France. There were all kinds of of client kings that became they became actual kings. Right, because there was no more... Uh, or ne- they didn't no necessarily more. call themselves kings. But, but, the, but the church was still there, and the Roman um, arist- aristocracy was still out there. So they became the leaders of the towns and stuff like that. And then you made deals with the, with the uh, warlords or whoever was in charge at the particular time. So and they became the itinerant kings. Oh, so there was... Okay. This is just a fast and loose history... Of what? So I was just telling. I was just talking to Saul about it because of the economy. Right? We, should, we should start a history podcast. No, a medieval history card. No. Well, the the reason I asked Jolene this, and I and it's funny because I took a lot of ancient history classes, and Jolene didn't take as many as I did, but she centered on a lot of medieval stuff. And the thing that kept me, and I've, I think I might have mentioned this before, the thing that kept me away from medieval stuff because. The only reason I took ancient history was because of D and D, right? My RPG fascination, and I, you know, truly, it was an interesting for me. It was an interesting period of history. I was a U.S. history major. I could actually make a point that Roman history has impacted the United States policy, policy, and government, or foundation of the government, some yes. ideals, and and how how government or what laws and all that stuff make. So it is kind of turned into a history podcast. But so I took, a, I remember going to San Jose State and I took Byzantine history, even though I had no idea what that meant. I thought it was a Babylonian history. That's how bad, that's how bad, that's how my, my intelligent question was. But it, but it was fascinating because I had never heard that the eastern part of the, of the, of the Roman Empire had survived to the 1100s, right? 1100s AD, which, you know, I always thought that oh, Rome was sacked in four something, 412. 410. 410. And it ceased to exist. But meanwhile, the eastern part of the empire just was thriving, right? It was, it was a collection of all these people who had art, who had mathematics, and they had you know, architecture. So the economy was different in the east because it was still the Roman economy with actual coins. And, actual coins. And so yeah. It was a silver, silver, silsteris, whatever the coin was. I forget. I forget all, it's been a long time since I've been in school. But anyway, so I kept taking classes in ancient history. And I really liked the teacher and the way he taught class. And so I took a lot of classes from him. But then Jolene took classes from this other professor, which I heard was extremely hard. And so I stayed away from him. I was kind of an easygoing kind of student, meandering student of history. <laughs> Until they tell me, you know, Saul, you really need to graduate and get out of here. That was for my master's, though. So they kicked me out of school after seven years. <laughs> Actually, eight, because I... I, I, I I had to drop some classes. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't really kick me out. This what I'll tell you in in the CSU system. Even though some of you may not even know what that is, uh, the California State University system. If you go for your master's class, you just can't stay. There's no such thing. You're only allowed to be there for seven years. There's no no professional student, right? I don't know about. uh, There's a limitation for uh, for graduate students, for uh, doctorate. Doctors you usually get from the uh, universities, right? But you can get a master's in, in different things in the CSU system, after seven years... Your classes start to drop the off. The first year that you 
first great classes that you took, they stop dropping off and they don't count towards your. But you need those first classes to some graduate. Of them. <laughs> some of them. Some of them. I didn't need them. A lot of them because they were like, well, Byzantine history and uh, and I took like a 100W because I had transferred anyway political science. So anyway, so I didn't take a lot of medieval history. So when I ask you questions, I really asking you questions and not like feeding you questions, softball questions because I really don't remember because I didn't take those classes. So there's a big hole in my in my history. And we're talking about currency and role playing games. Yes. So uh, that's just the, my idea about that idea comes into play for me when we play D and D. That bartering system and stuff. Because w- the guys that I play with are you always ask. Uh, what are we going to get paid? No matter what we're playing, right? <laughs> and I'm like, They're like mercenaries. I go, well, that's not, that's no fun. So I like the other systems, like when, when the wealth system where you're, what we were playing, um, Lord of the Rings, which the is one called ring. the one ring. And I like the idea that it was just a wealth system, right? You were you either wealth wealthy. You're, yeah. You have a level of wealth yes. and that's your, basically your lifestyle. Yes. Shadowrun has something similar to you have to make sure you keep up your lifestyle, whatever it is. So you have to make enough money right. or new in to pay for it. Right? Okay, you're getting way ahead of me. No, I'm just I'm just saying that there's different. <laughs> oh yeah. So I like the the idea of a wealth system more than a the actual than actual accounting 101. Yeah, because it it kind of makes mercenaries out of the players, right? I had not thought of that, but but you're right. So how do other systems deal with wealth, right? So we we talked about D and D. D&D deals with gold pieces, silver pieces. And then they, they threw in something that like in uh, AD&D called Electrum pieces, which was a mix of something and something. And and platinum pieces because people were getting really rich, right? And they needed a, something that was worth more than gold. Imagine that. I'm thinking of Traveler because it's the next game that I I remember playing. in, And it was created in 1977 or published in 77. So... But it's a science fiction game, so it, it, it eliminates gold pieces and dollars and comes up with credits. Yes. So credit, credits is a really cool system because it was also picked up by Space Opera. Space Opera was published in 1980, and it uses the same... Cr- it's a sci-fi kind of... Right, so right. a credit doesn't mean anything, right? But then again... But it, you have a credit stick, and if you can't... If you don't have enough credits on your credit stick, then you're not going to be able to do anything, right? <laughs> so, it, it may, to me, it, value, it, it, it was like a value of a dollar, right? The U.S. dollar. Sorry if you're listening from Denmark and other places, but uh, I'm, I'm in the United States. Uh, the reason I mention you guys is because I know there's some people who listen from Denmark and other countries. So that's And we thank cool. you for that. And thank you for listening, yes. Everybody who listens. So that's what I looked at it, and I remember reading through the book, uh, Traveler and Space Opera, and saying, oh, credits, it kind of equates to a dollar, I understand, so blah, blah, blah. I wonder if it still equates to a dollar. With the I doubt it. Inflation. Yeah, it would be really cheap stuff. Okay, so Space Opera handles it differently, but it's basically you're still, you still have money. Yeah. You still have. Well, credits are basically money, right? You're going to do the, the job for how many credits you're going to get Correct. and stuff so that you can get gas or um fuel for your spaceship Bishop, yes uh i think space master uh which was iron crowned enterprises i used to call it i used to call it ice ice for short that's what they used to call it and i remember in the podcast i called it ice iron crowned enterprises enterprises it's enterprises i called it inter- industries which would be an i c i that didn't make sense but i don't always that would have been icky yeah okay so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember uh, Mike, our friend Mike, was really into uh, 
ice system and he i don't know if he ran a game but he had the books for space master and all those other books stuff i uh, was i was reading in in that gurps 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 that they it's a it's like a a credit or or a dollar that it's a dollar sign right but you apply whatever kind of Whatever you want the currency to be. Yeah, because so multi-genre. It could be teeth. Genre. Or, you know, like something. Right, right, right. Well, birds. I don't know. <laughs> I, I found that very interesting. That I you collect could, birds. You could apply it to whatever it was. <laughs> and Shadowrun, of course, is an early game when I used to play. It was New Yen. They came yes. up with a new currency. Uh, and so on. So I think, I think those are systems that use a monetary money to reward the players with money. And then you take that money, and especially in Shadowrun, and, yes. and buy stuff. Right. So you mentioned this other system called Wealth Level, yes, which was in Liminal, and oh, and oh, the One Ring is the one you mentioned. Yes. I think I think the only problem I see with with uh, not a problem, but what like in the One Ring has to do with I'm always going to be frugal. And there's different levels, right? There's frugal. There's there's a uh, comfortable kind of and then there's wealthy or whatever mm-hmm. in in the one ring so when my character is marshall's another one i don't know what marshall means i think it's better than frugal <laughs> and so you're not really poor but you're just you know you're doing okay and so the problem is is that you, it seems like you can never get out of that or it's more of a class system i'm hmm. uh, and th- Ooh, you're, you're <laughs> such a classist honey i am not <laughs> So my problem, not a problem, but I, and I, uh, yeah, kind of uh, my, 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 what is it? My, your trepidation, trepidation is a good word. The fault that I have is that you, it seems like you can never get out of that wealth level. Well, if you put it into normal terms, you're either, you know, poor working class yeah, or you're working class, lower middle class, middle class, upper middle class, depending on, and then rich or whatever you want to call it although they wouldn't call themselves rich yeah nobody does we just call them posh so we do in reality you don't um (laughs) you you grow up in a certain a certain way and you probably you may move up one um, right you may if your parents didn't own a house maybe you will own a house or if your parents did own a house maybe you won't own a house and you'll be considered well yeah it's a working class right there's working class people who work and own a home like Uh, my parents technically they're if you own a home, you're middle class, not in the United States, but anymore. But that's the definition of, of right. And then, but there's some people who have very good jobs who rent their whole life. Yes, I think uh, I was. I was. I hate to refer to Please. TV shows. But Don't for friends, friends, right? Friends. Yeah. They were talking about. They were talking about on the show that you know that they were. That they, you know, some of them after a while got good jobs. First, they're struggling, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all get, almost all of them get good jobs, and they're doing. Except for Ross, right? He has a good job at the very beginning. Yeah. And so, but they're all renting in this in New York, in New York, Manhattan, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, of course, a lot of people find fault with that because they say, "Well, uh, well the apartment it was, in New York." It was a, uh, uh, a rent control. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> it was it was like an apartment that her grandmother had. So, so that's how she afforded it. She was in the same apartment that her grandmother had. Really. That's oh. why. That's why, she was. She didn't have to pay as much rent, and that's that happens a lot in New York. So, okay, yeah, yeah. I have. Well, uh, I know there's anyway. control in San Francisco, and stuff. But I don't know if it anyway like that in New York. So the the idea of renting and not owning a home is not a a status of middle class. Though toward the end of the show, when people were starting hooking up and having children and stuff, they were talking about buying a, a house somewhere yes. else, Long Island. 
Uh, yeah, Long Island, huh? I guess. Both of us are from California, so I yeah. only know what I've read and the people that I've talked to about New York, Manhattan, Long Island, whereas Saul probably... I have completely no clue. <laughs> so, so when he says these places, he looks surprised to me. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know. Well, okay. It's We're... totally... It's, it's, if, you, if, you've, if you grew up in California, that's pretty much all, all you've ever been in. Yes. Other places are... It's like reading books, right? You you haven't been there, so you don't really know what it's like. You come up with your own idea of what it looks like. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even, it's close, not to even real, close to reality. It's like this big... It's it's Saul's ideas are often totally off the mark. <laughs> it's like clay, right? They're kind, of, they're kind of malleable, nice soft clay, not the hard one that you forgot about that your son threw underneath the couch and <laughs> haven't seen in seven years. But that hard clay. But no, but you know, it's like it can change and stuff like that. Or I have no clue of what it looks like. Honestly. And it is not, it's not only a, my, my problem, and I consider it a problem. Uh, you know, people in the United States have terrible geography skills, right? Not all people. But well, a lot of people yes. in the United States. Because, you know, they always see these comedians, right? Their shows, right? Jimmy Fallon, all this stuff. They do these shows on how they have a map of the world in the United States. They go, a point to a certain place. And it was, I was really shocked. There was one say, it goes, uh, I forget what it was, but they, they couldn't find it. You know, people go, where's the United States? They couldn't find the United States. On a map? Yeah, on a map. On a world of map. the world. Right. Okay. <clears throat> and then they go, what, what, the, I think what weird questions are like, and they go, where's, uh, where is China or Russia? And they point to China. And then one, but where's Mexico? And they point to like, I don't know, maybe they were goofing off. I don't know. Anyway. And they point to Africa. So I, I don't know. But anyway, Americans are known for having terrible geography knowledge and and I'm sort of like that. I mean, I know that I know that New York's on the East Coast. That that's pretty good. You know, there's yes. Anyway, and there's boroughs and all yes, that. Yes, even though I don't know the boroughs and all go, that. Let's not go so into it. so back to money. Okay, so so the wealth wealth level attribute or the way of dealing with wealth without money and just giving you a wealth thing is pretty cool. It makes it a little bit easier not to have to. Well, it depends on the kind of GM you have, though. That's There's true. Penny, and players. penny pinching GMs, right? <laughs> or GMs who want to make sure that everything you have, you've paid for. And right, a lot right, of times, right. when when you're playing Shadowrun and stuff like that, that is an important thing, right? Because you're Very you're important. you're in a post not post apocalyptic. Yeah. You're in a yeah. a really hard place, right? If you don't have the money, they're going to not let you go get back into your apartment. Right. Or you're going to be have to go and live in the slum area you right? live in the street yeah yeah and so you do jobs to make sure you pay you keep up your lifestyle right correct so when the difference between that and just a wealth system like i like the wealth system and the idea that i don't have to keep track of how much money i have <laughs> on my piece of paper because sometimes i forget to write it down but I've, I've learned with the boys, you have to write everything down so you can make sure that everybody is honest about how much money they have, right? Which is another thing, because, and I don't, I don't like having to be the police of, oh, you spent $3,000, <laughs> 3,000 gold pieces on that. So how do you still have that, right? Oh, I forgot to know, I forgot to mark it down. I totally agree with you. I, I was looking at, uh, but Shadowrun, you have to keep yes, track of money I know. I know. because money is a big deal. Because uh, I forget who it was. Somebody in the group was like, I could care less about karma because that doesn't do me any good. And I'm like, what? And he was talking about, I think it was, it might have been my son, our son. He was talking about money because money is very important to him because 
that's how you get better. How you can augment your augment yourself because yeah, everything costs money. And it costs an airplane uh, and, and the cybernetic yeah. arms and thermal plating and all this weird stuff. And all that to, it takes the hundreds of thousands of new yen. Yeah. Or tens of thousands at least. And you're always getting better, right? So the better stuff costs more. So where you as a as a sorceress in that game, you could care less really about how much money you make cuz you're as long as you're comfortable, you're fine. I was I was very low level on the money scale, so <laughs> right. But but you're right. But the the one ring, like you said, it was not different. It was funny because I was from Frugor Marshall, whatever that means. I can barely live, and Shannon was being really the GM was being really. Well, you uh, said you had a war strict. horse or something, and I tried to get a war horse, and she would he wouldn't let me <coughs> because of your of your status. Right, I could have stolen it. I could have said I stole the war horse. I think Ooh, I that would have given you some shadow, wouldn't it? It might have been, but what the hell? Yeah, I don't care. So, but it it is a if you're if you're in the one ring world. That's an important thing too, yes. right? Your your status of because it, it kind of lets you know like, are you going to be able to afford staying at the prancing pony? Right. How, how are you just going to go to your family's house or find somebody that is like you that is going to help somebody you? to house you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but the problem was is that because I was from Rohan, I was a complete stranger, and we were playing in Bree. And, he, and they Breedlanders don't trust outsiders, right? It just, it's that's that's a, a that's xenophobia. That's yeah. the way that that. I understand. No, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. But I, there was no alternative for me to stay at somebody's house. I had to stay at a prancing pony, or I guess they could have stuck me in the stables, which I wouldn't have been real happy about. But I'm like horses, so what the hell? I would have been okay, since I'm a, I'm from Rohan. I like horses. Uh, so, uh, what also is in mix in the mix with uh the one ring is that there's treasure and we've discussed this in the group because we've been playing at the one ring for about three years now i guess yeah three years not me i've only played it once yeah once is that all oh wow so there's this thing called treasure twice i'm sorry we, we you know we have treasure they give you at the at, <clears throat> during the during the adventures and stuff you can get find treasure whatever that is and it's this really abstract thing right it could be a treasure is something that could be gold it could be uh, an ancient artifact or a piece of an ancient artifact and does it does the treasure then raise your status no <laughs> but it gives you money to spend well and i guess if you were to find smogs or get smogs uh gold gold stash. hoard yeah it might raise your status but we're talking about little things that you find out in the wild or yeah, yeah. At, while adventuring and unlike the monsters don't, don't just like <laughs> You kill the monster, it falls on the ground, and bags of gold spill on the ground. You collect it all. That doesn't happen in in. in That's in the one of the things I, I hate about not hate, but it, it it's one of the things that really bothers me every time we, we I play with the boys. Um, the looting, the teenage, yeah, the, you kill it, and then you got to go through its pockets. And I'm like going, you know, that's so distasteful to me. The going through the pockets. Yeah, I should put sh crappy stuff in the pockets. You do sometimes, like yeah, there's not. You only got like four bent bent swords. They were really badly constructed. Well, stuff like that, right? Oh yeah, there's that. But I should put like something like, oh, you find his uh, his handkerchief that he blew his nose. <laughs> That'd be cool, right? No, that's that would disgusting. be cool. That's what they See, That's deserve. why I would never go through pockets. That's, that's what I would never go through pockets. But in a medieval world, uh, you know, maybe there's worse things. Yeah. So, so, but I, I think what you're saying about the One Ring is that you don't, you're not so enamored with the wealth system because you can't, 
you don't get to move up. Right. I, you, don't, I, you don't. You don't get to get some extra money so that you can stay at the prancing pony. Yes, you can if you have treasure. Okay. So, like, and, and this is how abstract the treasure is, right? It says one treasure is enough to keep you at a certain level. I think it's not frugal. It's not martial. I comfortable. Comfortable for three months. Well, that's like being able to stay at at a at a nice or a decent tavern for three months and eat. I'm like, wow. Okay, that's like, re- I mean, how much more so abstract can abstract you, can you get, yeah. right? <laughs> Keep it at that level. But then once the treasure runs out, you're back to whatever you were before, which I guess is sort of realistic. That once you run out of money, you're, you're back on the street. And how does Liminal do it? You said they did it. Same thing. Like they, do, they do a wealth level, but there's no money. There's absolutely no ching, 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 ching. You know, I don't give you dollars and stuff like that. I kind of I kind of like that idea cuz it's it, it makes a little more sense than having to to calculate how much money you have yes. and cuz you're you're traveling, right? You're yeah. well in liminal you're you're traveling but you're in the real world. So right. that would be easy you'd look at on your phone. But um <laughs> but the idea of having to keep a ru- a running tally and know how many gold pieces you have in your bag or 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 how much money you're carrying with you is always a little bit harder to deal with than than just the idea of knowing that you are wealthy, right? So you can afford to stay at a hotel. Or Sal always says when, when we're in D&D, if you're going to stay here for, you can stay here for three silver pieces <laughs> per person. That'll give you three days or something. And everybody goes, okay, because, you know, we have silver pieces. No big deal. Well, you're and you guys are loaded. Though. And, you <laughs> and you know that you're going to be able to, to <laughs> we've converted everything to gems. You know you're going to be able to afford it and you're safe for those well relatively safe because you never know in D. &D. i think i have a tact in your hotel or your when you're asleep yeah the idea that you're wealthy like that yes of course i can pay for the inn for the night and pay for the dinner for the people right and you don't have to worry about so when i played um the one ring that was one of the first things i picked was i was a wealthy gentleman i go I might as well. Why would I want to pick being <laughs> poor? Because this is a game. I will, I'm not going to pick that. Well, you're you're a wealthy hobbit, right? Yeah. Yeah, from the Shire. I didn't care about that. I mean, I didn't care about the wealth level, but it was kind of a pain in the butt when I came into the to breathe. So it is. So it is something you should care about. Yeah, it is. Game. Obviously, I don't know. I don't know. I have a ton of notes, and I don't think we've covered any of it. But <laughs> but I do like the alternatives to to wealth. Like uh, I'm going to rattle off some systems so we talked about the one ring uh spycraft which is a 3.0 spycraft spy game uh got it got game they they have uh they kind of deal away with wealth they just say gear this is kind of gear you can afford to try to make it faster to to make a character and stuff and equip your character i don't know if it works uh i don't think i've actually ever ran a spacecraft game Spycraft. Spycraft, I'm sorry. So a lot of games now deal with these wealth, cloudy, amorphous, non-specific wealth levels. And I think that's pretty cool because I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it until you were talking about gold and picking up bags of gold and looting the bodies. Is that it makes you, it doesn't, it doesn't push that, that motor hobo thing, right? That you're killing things to take their stuff if you have just a wealth level. Because it's not going to change. And so no matter how much wealth you acquire, usually, uh, you're not going to change levels or it's not going to make it. Uh, that's not what the game is about. Right. 
instead of having to do the the money counting and figuring out if you're going to be able to do stuff, it's just you either are or you aren't. And right. maybe you're going to do it anyway because that's the character you're playing. It makes more role playing less. I don't know. What do you want to call it? Right. So I was thinking, what are the what are the pros and cons of each? Right. So the pros and cons for the pros for having a money system is that some people just like keeping track of stuff. They're, they're just like uh, that running tally of how much money they have and they like subtracting and playing, uh, what is it, uh, accounting 101. Uh, D, uh, GMs, they could care less, right? Boom. I'm just going to give you gold. You deal with it. I could care less. Right. Uh, it's easy. The cons is murder hoboism, I guess. You well, know. it's it's less role playing, more trying to figure out what you can do. Right. Uh, what are the what are the cons do you have against? Because I don't. Care. Well, it, it makes it a lot harder to make a character if you have to go down and figure out what equipment you can buy. Like like any of the role playing games, Traveler and and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, well, Traveler, I got out of the army and I rolled lousy or on the table of how much money you get, and <laughs> and then I, I was poor from there on out. I had a crappy character because of it. Well, you can make money in Traveler. That's the whole I deal. didn't manage to do that. Well. I don't tell you, you're a terrible uh, spacer. <laughs> so accounting, I think the only con is just like people who like accounting stuff, there's people who don't. So they're like, oh, I don't know how much money I have. You know, what was it like? How much money did we get the last time? There's that five minute. Well, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, I have oh. written down 3,000, yeah. but I don't uh, know what you, you got. Get that? Hey, <laughs> when did we get that much money? You know, when did, when did, how many shares of that did I get? And who's oh holding all this money? Yeah, where is this, yeah, where is this bank that's holding all this money? So that, as a, as a pro, as a con. So wealth levels, I think it does away with all that stuff. I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think it's more role player-ish in a certain sense. That It takes away that, that part of something you have to worry about and lets you focus on whatever you're, you're role-playing, right? Correct. And I think that's why a lot of newer games that are less about killing monsters, taking their stuff, they use that wealth level. Like One Ring, it's not about going out and killing orcs. It's about trying to save the world. A liminal, it, the main focus is not about acquiring wealth. It's about solving mysteries and helping people who have problems with the supernatural, right? So I just want to throw out that this could be that gamers have evolved from the kids that were playing and that was a big part of it. Yes. Now yes. they're a lot older and may not have to worry so much about the the money aspect. I had of not stuff. thought of that. You're right. I mean, some people might still, but I think a, a little bit of poshness has come into it. So. Well, I think you're right because as a little kid, you don't have any money, right? Right, and you dream about money. Well, well you don't dream about. You <laughs> dream about buying buying stuff, yes. right? Buying a, being a Ford. First, it's the candy bar. Maybe it's a toy, a game, a Nintendo. Now that and my son has worked for a few weeks in the summer, you're talking about buying a car. Yeah. No, he wants to upgrade his computer. Oh, well, yeah. That's true. <laughs> then he wants to buy a car. With his own money. Right. Not what mom is going to find on sale. Right, right, right. Or his dad finds stuff on sale or cheap. So acquiring wealth is a big deal for kids, yeah. right? Level characters, same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's the thing. So when you're a middle class, or not middle class, when you're middle-aged, if you're above 30, I'm going to guess, 25 maybe, but 30, yeah, you don't care about money. You can afford yeah, stuff. Well, you can, you, I mean, maybe. you care about. You can afford stuff. Usually, you know, uh, you may worry about money, but you know, you, you're like, oh my god, you know, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, you're not in the sense that you have you worry about putting food on the table. But 
you know you're comfortable enough that you you your meet your material needs are met and you can afford and, it. and it may not be the players it could be the people who are writing the games is what i was saying that's, oh yeah that's true acquiring wealth isn't like a big deal in the game anymore because you're beyond that you rather deal with with solving mysteries and dealing with the quests Getting down to the the nitty gritty of the actual role playing. For me, I'm just going to throw this out. Probably my favorite system is kind of like a combination. Kind of like the one ring. You have this wealth level, but at the same time, you can acquire a little bit of treasure here and there. And it's abstract and you could just, well, it could afford a comfortable level of, of living for three months. I think that if you acquire enough treasure, you should be able to move up a wealth level. Well, I think that's done in, during role play, so that, yeah. I think that's what you're, that's what you're talking about, and I think that's the way it should go. Right, right. I think there's some games like I'm gonna throw this out, like GURPS, where you actually buy your wealth level. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I think you know you could buy being wealthy, but it's like a it's like a, a what is it? Instead of a hindrance, it's a it's a it's a perk or whatever they call it. I forget what they call. It. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. But a lot of games do that, like who where you buy where you have a point buy system you can uh buy your wealth i don't know does does shadow run does that does like because you you can you get to spend when you're making your character which is a very arduous process you get to choose your wealth level but you have it, it it comes with a cost you choose if you choose All a really the ABCD, high wealth yeah, level yeah, yeah. then that's going to take away some of the other stuff that you could choose right right but it does like augustine says always choose the most because then you can augment yourself and do all kind all the stuff unless you you're a mage and augment yourself does doesn't away mean with, anything yeah it yeah. does away with all your powers yeah so there you have it. Uh, monetary system, I mean, a monetary system or wealth level in the, in RPGs is now kind of really diverse. There's different level levels, literally, of how... Role-playing game writers? Role-playing game writers deal with the situation. And I think, uh, like I said... The, it's evolved and changed. It's evolved basically. and changed. For the better, I think. There you go. Uh, there you this go. is Gaming Perspectives with... Saul. And Jolene. You have a good day.